You know, I'm I'm still waiting for plasma actuators to actually come out on trucks. I'm <laughs> yeah. quite excited about the the force field that they yeah. create. Well, you know, as long as you're not having to deal with flex capacitors, I think you'll probably be in good shape. So. Yet, yet. Yeah. No, no time traveling yet. So yeah. <laughs> Buckle up! You're listening to Terminal Exchange. Hey everyone, I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode number 19 of Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Newsbomb Transportation. We're less than two weeks away from our first annual Newsbomb Family Fun Run and Walk, which is happening on Saturday, May 11th. And as a reminder, we are raising funds to support St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. All of the proceeds from our fun run will go straight to St. Jude, and don't forget too that that Newsbomb is matching all donations dollar for dollar up to $10,000. That means we have the very realistic potential to write a $20,000 check that will support the children and families of St. Jude. And it's not too late to register for the run and walk. We're also taking additional donations through our website and in person on May 11th. We're almost halfway to raising $10,000 without the match from Newsbomb, and it would be so awesome to see more signups and donations come in over the next week and a half. Just head on over to newsbomb.com slash St. Jude, S-T-J-U-D-E, for more information and to register for the run or make a donation. I think we've got an interesting feature exchange to share with you this week. In this episode, I sit down with Tony Morthland and Justin Hopkins. Tony is the Director of Maintenance uh, for Newsbomb Transportation, and Justin is the Executive Vice President of Truck Centers. You might remember Justin's dad, John Hopkins, who joined us on episode four of Terminal Exchange when we sat down with Roger Nielsen, the CEO of Daimler Trucks North America. In that episode, we were able to discuss the relationship that has built between Newsbomb, Truck Centers, and Freightliner. And Truck Centers has been really instrumental in facilitating and building this relationship. And as I think you'll hear in this exchange, it's been a mutually beneficial relationship that we hope our drivers uh, enjoy the benefits of as well. In fact, towards the end of our conversation, Justin solicits feedback from our drivers to help them develop better driver experiences as they continue to improve and expand their business. So listen as Tony and Justin talk shop and reveal some of the things they're excited to see coming in the near future. No time travel necessary. Here is Plasma Actuators and Flux Capacitors with Tony Morthland and Justin Hopkins. Tony, Justin, thanks so much for stopping in here and taking some time to uh, talk trucks and shop and all that kind of good stuff with us today. Good to have you. Welcome to be here. Yeah, thank (laughs) you. Uh, Justin, uh, for everybody listening here, I know we're familiar with truck centers to an extent. You handle all of our warranty service and and you're located throughout the Illinois and kind of Midwest area here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about truck centers, where you're at and what all you guys are doing. Yeah, so Truck Centers is a, a full-line Freightliner Western Star uh, truck dealer. Uh, we're in three states, Missouri, Illinois, and Indiana, uh, with locations in Elkhart, South Bend, and Evansville, Indiana. And then in Illinois, we're in uh, Morton, Springfield, Effingham, Mount Vernon, and Troy. 
uh, with satellite locations, obviously here in Hudson, uh, and then as well in Decatur, Illinois. And then in Missouri, we're in Forestell, which is really like West St. Louis, and then downtown yeah. St. Louis. As far as volume that you handle uh, sales-wise and number of trucks that you're servicing, what, what's that kind of look like? Yeah, so uh, truck centers, uh, last year, I think we sold 3,600-ish three, 3, uh, new trucks, uh, and then probably 3,000 or 2,500 uh, used trucks. Okay. Um, so we, we have a... a a pretty high volume. Uh, I think we're um, probably in the top 14 or 15 in the country in terms of Freightliner dealers on the volume basis. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. It's a uh, it's very busy. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And it's uh, I mean, with Freightliners, we talked with Roger Nielsen earlier this year. Just kind of an ever changing product as far as innovation goes. And what's that like for you guys to keep up with? Yeah, those things. Um, so specifically to to me. Um, it's, it's kind of exciting for me. So I'm the EVP of Truck Centers, which means I wear a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. I oversee a few of our facilities. I help the sales guys on a, kind of like a technical sales aspect. Uh, and then I am still fortunate enough to uh, work directly with a few different fleets, obviously Newsbomb being one of them. The benefit of that truly is is uh, Tony and, and everybody here at Newsbomb uh, force me to learn uh, our product very well because we are in a very innovative environment here at Newsbomb, uh, which means Truck Centers has to try and keep pace, which is not easy because you guys are very much on the cutting edge, but it's exciting. Uh, like right now, you know, we have a, a truck coming in a couple of months uh, that's going to have all of the latest and greatest, whether it's the Detroit Assurance 5.0, mm-hmm. which is the next generation driver assisted driving, right? right. Uh, and then we also have the whole new dash layout. Uh, which will be really neat, where we have a 12-inch screen on the B panel inside the truck. Ooh, that'll be cool. Um, which, you know, in the future will allow you guys to do podcasts right there into that, which I think is kind of cool, or any number of other things. So everything's going to an app base like an iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and to the, the fuel economy improvements that we have on that truck as well, this is going to be kind of a really a showstopper truck as far as I'm concerned. You know, we have uh, in another uh, 5% fuel economy improvements coming on the trucks, which would, you know, talking future, it's a, you know, it'll be next year, but we have one coming this year that's going to have all of this on it. And then, you know, Tony and the guys get to look at it and see what, what works and what doesn't work and, and, you know, make determinations on what we get to do in the future. And Tony, you stay really on top of all of this as well. You're pretty intimately familiar with the equipment that we have here in our fleet How's that been for you, just staying on top of that and making sure that the rest of our team here is up to speed and able and ready to maintain these vehicles as, as they're coming in and out of here and getting them prepped for the road even? Yeah, it's it's quite the challenge anymore. I mean, <clears throat> I've been doing trucking for 40 years, and I've seen a lot of a lot of changes. And in the last 10 years has probably been the, the biggest change with yeah. the electronics coming in. Um, the safety devices, you know, now we're going to be looking at autonomous type driving where the drivers might be able to be hands-free for a short period of time. It's a challenge, and and being we're on the leading edge, a lot of times we're the ones figuring out the problems uh, because nobody else really knows. By figuring out the problems, we're identifying the problems. They're identifying right? the problems, yeah. yeah. So it, it's quite a challenge. Uh, just to stay up with it. And then Truck Centers has their training center down in Troy, and we send 
techs down there, and uh, they get trained. But, uh, yeah, the techs enjoy going down there, spending time. They learn a lot. It's a good good place to go. On the training side, uh, we are on the edge here, which is beneficial in one sense in a, in a really big way for us uh, as a dealer as well because we actually have in Morton our techs become the very first in the whole country that are capable and learn and understand what we have to do on whether it was the the evolution cascadia when we came out with that truck or the new cascadia when we had that truck come out and exactly how all that kind of worked out right so we have um all these technologies whether it's resetting the parameters on the hysteresis right you know on going up and down the hills and you know and what that means for uh, adaptive cruise control and what that means for driver comfort combined with fuel efficiency right so we mm-hmm. we got to learn together how to pull that forward to to try and create a sweet spot and i understand you know in the meantime it is probably very frustrating for the folks if they don't get to hear that you know tony and i are you know working daily weekly monthly together as well as with uh the you know the actual heads of these departments at Freightliner uh, to try and come with solutions, but that you know that to me is you know part of the fun of getting to do what we do. Right. And you mentioned earlier that uh, a couple satellite locations, and so one of those being here, we we have truck center mechanics that actually work out of this facility. We've got a parts department as well. What's that like between the two of you to have someone here? in-house that, that that's doing work warranty work and everything else here to have that direct line of communication hopefully it's hopefully it's a good thing um we have uh, about 300 to three hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of parts here uh, unfortunately it's never the right part i know um but we try <laughs> uh you know then we have uh two full si- full-time uh parts department employees and then two full-time uh techs in the shop that is uh, about to change uh this year I think we're adding a third tech as well as uh, a liaison directly here for Newsbom. So as opposed to having a, a customer support manager, which uh, Tony has now, uh, we're going to have a full-time employee here overseeing our parts department as well as our three techs to create a, a more seamless interaction between Newsbom and the uh, you know and the manufacturer. Right? Yeah, Tony, t- talk about the advantage of having that resource right here? Well, on the tech side, um, their techs are trained a little bit more than ours. They have things that they can get to that we can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are several things in the Detroit and the Freightliner uh, forums and things that, that they can send questions to and find answers that we can't. So on the tech side, it, it's really helpful. Uh, you know, two extra techs here and possibly a third one. They do all the engine work, warranty work. Um, they help our techs out quite a bit. If we we get in a problem and get snagged on a, an issue, uh, we go to them and, and they can find the resources and get the answers for us. If not, we just keep moving up. The part side, uh, the part side allows us not to have to to deal with inventory and shortages, and we don't have to have all that money tied up our own. Mm-hmm. All the shelving belongs to them, so we didn't have to put all that money up front. I mean, it's a partnership, and that's what we got to be, and we all have to work together. Yeah. And, uh, one other item that I think it um, helps, and, and this was you know from the infancy, right? So um, obviously Morton is, is 30 minutes away right. from here, and what we would have happen with trucks is you know they would 
go over there and, you know, Nussbaum would lose, you would lose visibility of them. And at that point, um, that's bad because now we can't control the process, right? So with the checks on site, it allowed Tony's maintenance department to be able to maintain control, uh, you know, of what trucks go in, what trucks don't, you know, to allow for, you know, hot load, hot, hot trucks, uh, to get it pushed ahead. Whereas if it goes to Morton, it really becomes about tech availability. And, you know, in this way, it, it keeps you guys at the front as a hundred percent of the time, as opposed to, you know, if we get really busy where it has to become part of the pack. And the one thing that we do as a company too, is because they have so many stores here in the Midwest that if we get a truck with a problem, we try to get that truck to one of their stores sure. because they know our equipment inside and out and they're mm-hmm. trained to deal with some of the specialty equipment we have on the, on the trucks. Um, just like for ParkSmart, you know, we started with the ParkSmarts clear back in 2010 and you'd go to another shop somewhere else, a dealership, and they wouldn't have a clue what to do with it. Hmm. And uh, so these guys, it forces them to, to be trained for everything. And I think it also helps the training facility down there because we get equipment in here for testing that if we call down there, they're like, what do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it forces them to go out and, and be ahead of everyone else. Tony, right now you're going through a lot of retrofitting of vehicles and also um, – getting new vehicles set up with new systems and integrated as we're doing geotab transitions from people net and everything else. We've got solar panel installs going on and talk to that what's going on there and process that's happening. Yeah. So this year, this year's kind of a unique year for us. Uh, typically we have a, a full plate any other year from February until August, just bringing in new trucks, trying to take old trucks off the road, get them prepped and sell them. So this year, uh, amongst the 100 new trucks that we're getting, and we're taking 42 trucks off the road to sell, we've got, uh, so we're retrofitting the whole entire fleet with geotabs and smart drives. It was, a, it was right. a perfect time to do smart drive as well, and we have to have it done by December. Um, also, we, were, we made the decision to uh, put solar panels on a certain amount of trucks. Uh, we're going to retrofit some. Most of them are going to go on new trucks. Sure. So this year we actually added around 7,000 man hours of extra work into our shop above and beyond the, the normal flow. So it, everything's been tight, and uh, you know we're trying to work through everybody that comes in. We've spent the last two years trying to get drivers to come here so we can get them in and out of the shop, and you know we know the equipment well. Yeah. and. Now it's we've got plenty of that coming through, and now we're doing all these other extra jobs. Yeah. yeah. So uh, talk to me a little bit about just the solar aspect of this and why, we, why we've gone that route. So we had talked to some other fleets, and we were looking to see what their benefits was. And we decided to take one truck, and we made it a test, which ended up being Clark Reed's truck. He, he had it on there for about a year. And the fuel savings, I mean, his idle time is less than 1%. Yeah. Um, so we started pushing the pencil to it. And with battery savings, alternator savings, and starter savings, you get a little bit on fuel, but it's more into the maintenance side of it. Um, we could justify putting solar panels on. 
So we decided to only buy X number of them. I think we bought 180 is what we're going to buy this year. Okay. So we're putting on most of the new trucks, and then we're going to put them on the 19s and some of the 18s. And then as we probably move forward, they'll probably be put on every truck forward. We won't know the exact result until we go to sell the trucks to see yeah. where we're at. But as far as what we've talked to with other fleets and what we've seen so far, we'll have a fairly decent payback on it. That's excellent. Justin, have you had any experience uh, with the solar panels as well? I know it's not a Freightliner product, but... You know, I, w- I would just say that we have... Uh, Nussbaum Transportation at, at, at this moment is the only fleet that I have uh, that I get to deal with that uh, is... is migrated towards solar, but in everything else that I think we do here, uh, it's it's raised a lot of questions, uh, and a lot of other people are now looking at it and asking, well, how are they uh, justifying it? Where is these costs coming from? And, and it's like Tony touched on, it's a lot of the soft costs that are harder to measure, but clearly there. Um, so it, it it's it's going to become much more prevalent. The, the big thing, and, and Tony touched on it too, was the resale, right? And where are we going to be at with that and that's, you know, one of the things uh, here, which has always been fun to be a part of, is there's always this kind of question. Uh, how is it? How is a six by two going to resell? How is this integrated powertrain truck going to resell? How is all these things going to work? Right. And every single time, you know, kind of came up with a royal flush, so to speak. If it's proven to work here, then it's going to work in the rest of the market because, you know, Newsbound Transportation leads the market, you know, on that on-highway uh, segment. So why wouldn't everybody else want the same thing? And I think it's proven time and again you know, with Tony, they call, right? So Newsbound Transportation doesn't trade their trucks anymore because the resale value is so good. Yeah, There's no point, right? And having to have a middleman to be a part of it, um, I understand it, it does add work, but uh, the reward is, is significant at the end of the day for the yeah. company. One last thing on the solar panels. As we start integrating this more widely, and you, if we start seeing other fleets adopt this as well, is it possible that something like that would start to become more of an OEM product, or you know, installed straight off the line? Yeah. So today we could do it in the uh, it's offline uh, in the PDI. So at each one of our manufacturing facilities, we have what's called a pre-delivery inspection center. Okay. Uh, they can do modifications to trucks. So that's actually where the uh, solar install would happen. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the ladders getting up on the roofs of these trucks. These trucks are moving down the line continuously. You know, they don't stop. So I think it's really more about a manufacturing process than, than a demand. So uh, no matter what, I think it would always kind of have to be in an offline application. But yeah, for sure, Freightliner is, is certainly looking at it. Uh, and there's even some really kind of neat technology out there, uh, whether it's solar voltaic paint. You know, uh, which is really kind of cool. Actually, I think there was a car many years ago that had it on it. When we were in Portland one time talking to the uh, engineers out there, uh, they had brought that up, you know, as a, as a possible uh, scenario, you know, in a, maybe in a specific area where the, where the truck would be painted, maybe high on the roof cap, a different type of paint, still the same paint color, but different type of paint oh. to allow for that type of stuff. So there's some really amazing technologies out there yeah. that, you know, like Tony said, the past 10 years has been exciting. Yeah, well, you know, and as it continues to accelerate, like our phones or our iPads or any of that, and I can only imagine what the next 10 years is going to, you know, have coming out. Yeah. Because if I had one, one complaint about the solar, it's just the aesthetic of it is not the most attractive. They're not 
terrible. I mean, they've they've come a long way in what they're able to do with those flexible panels and everything up there, right? But it'd be really neat to see that look more just like a sunroof or something up there, in my opinion, or with this whole uh, solar paint deal. I didn't even know that was a thing. So that's that's kind of a neat, neat thing. It's really interesting to see what kind of technology comes out here in the future. And I think Bergstrom is going to, they're actually trying to cut the panels so it fits the curve, the inset into the air shield. So it could be in a year or so we could see something more form-fitted to it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really cool. What other, I mean, since we're kind of on this topic of technology and some new stuff, you mentioned the, the bigger screens and everything coming in the B panel. What, what are some of the things that you're excited about that uh, is coming down the line? Me personally, I think the, uh, um, the integrated display uh, is, is truly going to change kind of the driver experience inside the cab. We have the, the driver's lounge uh, kind mm-hmm. of configuration in a portion of your trucks today. You know, the, the integration of flat screen TVs, full-size microwaves, uh, all that type of stuff that's in the trucks today. Uh, the next step is this sort of single Wi-Fi access point uh, in the truck to allow you know fleets such as yourself to be able to beam in your own kind of data and that where the driver can now have a um, feel much more part of the greater company. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's going to be uh, a huge leap forward. And a lot of uh, a lot of folks tend to look at that and say, well, what does that matter, Justin? Why why would that become such a thing? Well, everybody went to school, and I don't know if everybody had the, the same thing, but in my grade school and middle school, we had what was called Channel One. Um, and I don't know if it was every Monday or every Friday, but we watched this you know 20-minute deal in the lunchroom uh, where it was, you know, kind of a national broadcast, but it was, you know, something that I really, truly remember still to this day, you know, and then if that's something that where you could do a podcast like we're doing today, um, but actually have real live people in front of them. Right. I mean, that to me seems like the, the next big wave. I mean, are we talking the ability to even kind of Skype back and forth possibly in there and I think the sky's the limit, technically. Um, you know, if you have Wi-Fi in the truck and if we can Skype on our phone, then why wouldn't we be able to, you know, use the technology of the truck to do it, right? We're going to have cameras in there anyways. Why can't we take that next logical step? You know, what's what's to stop us from doing that other than just making sure that the technology is sound mm-hmm. and that it's, you know, it's bulletproof and, you know, and you can't hack it right so that's course, that's any, the critical aspect which is why we're slow to roll this stuff out yeah and of course anytime you're you're dealing with something like that you know, privacy is always a concern right. as well you know you want to make sure that that's well protected and and not being invaded into because that's, that's a personal space in in inside that cab and that's the last thing you want to breach is is any kind of trust there but i i see a lot of potential with that i see you know if you can the driver can be looking there and get some diagnostics on on the truck to even see himself and be more engaged in what's happening with his vehicle and then work with the team back at, at home. I, th- I think that's really cool. You could do uh, things like navigation, right? So sure. like ways in these where, you know, everybody has it on their phone, right? To get around traffic situations, this, that could be right there on that very large 12 inch screen to where the driver doesn't even have to do it where, you know, it could, he could say something right through the voice system. And then the driver manager could, here you go, click, boom, here's a new route, right? Instead yeah. of having to use your hands to do anything. I mean, it would, in my mind, that's a that's pretty neat potential 
technology that's coming. Yeah. And, you know, and then the, the the maintenance side of things, right, where the, the flash over the air parameter changes, you know, yes. being able to update firmware because these trucks are, you know, it's just a giant computer today, right? So this is not yeah. in 1992. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you talk to, I was 12. It was my best year, I think. So uh, I really like 1992. <laughs> uh, it was like the peak of my life, but that's okay. In general terms, though, uh, we have so many computers on the trucks today that you know they do need to be reset and they do need to update, just like you know a phone, right? So like if, your PC. Yeah, if Tony yeah. was able to, you know initiate that stuff without having to down a truck you know the driver just takes their break you know they're getting fuel or and they go inside take shower whatever they're going to do um and then by the time they come back the truck is now updated and ready to roll again that that is that's huge coming very very quickly and that is that is an exciting uh piece as well yeah and more too is the cameras that will replace the mirrors i see a huge interest in that um Legislation isn't there for Freightliner or anybody to put that on yet, but a product called MirEye by Stone Ridge, it is really cool the way the cameras are set up because they have night vision, they're in color, mm-hmm. uh, they actually have a way that when you're backing up so that you don't jackknife backing and hitting the trailer, it'll actually change the, the screen red and, and they're trying to make an audible sound for that. Um, so I think a lot of drivers are really excited the ones that have seen what it looks like um there's another thing that we're going to actually test and i'm going to tell you that it's going to be in the drivetrain portion of it but i'm going to keep it a secret for right now uh, you can't give us any more than that tony is that, is that it? <laughs> all i can tell you is most of the, tr- the oems the rear end ratios are going to keep going down in yeah. numbers this component they actually call it advanced powertrain and i Slated to not tell any more than that, but uh, we will be experimenting with one later this year, and we're hoping that we can go to that type of drivetrain here in either a year or two years when it comes out on the market. So <clears throat> the other thing that's, that's really cool for us, um, and it's called Detroit Connect. It, it's, it's the computer site that we use. It tells fault codes. We get them as the truck's put them out. Uh, We've been a test partner from the Freightliners since like 2015 uh, when they really got this thing rolling. So in the next, within the next year, we're going to see a lot more uh, to this website. Right now we we can do some parameter on the fly. So let's say Mm -hmm. a driver gets a ticket and has to be turned down to 60, you know, we can do that without bringing him in here. Mm-hmm. We can do a little bit more troubleshooting. Uh, one of the big things that Freightliner's been working on is predictive analysis, so predictive maintenance. Interesting. So they're they're looking at all the algorithms on all the sensors, trying to get a baseline. So if a truck starts to get out of that baseline, it will send us a message saying, hey, there's a potential problem with this truck with possibly this sensor or something in that area, you need to bring it in and and try to take a look at it Mm -hmm. before it even goes down or before it even brings a check engine light. So we're really excited to get that piece of it when it gets here. And we'll be testing it first. From a dealer standpoint, you know, what what better um, solution than that, right? So 
uh, instead of having that 2 a.m. on a Friday phone call, uh, we got a truck down, check engine light came on, virtual technician message was sent, but, you know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Is a shop open? When's the you know, tech's available? All that type of stuff. You know, very shortly in the future, it's going to be able to figure that out on a Thursday. Hey, Tony, you, we got it, you know, 1436 is going to have uh, an injector failure based upon this set of uh, criteria in the next two days. You, you need to find a shop. We need to shut this truck down. So one, from a driver management standpoint, is huge. Load planning is huge. And then the other side of this is from the manufacturer side of things is a an astronomical competitive advantage um, because no longer are we going to have that injector failure and take out the one box and the turbo and everything in between and a $20,000 bill. If we can just change that injector or the six-pack of injectors, now we're talking 2000 bucks, right. which is still a lot of money, I understand, but... 2000 or 28000 those are huge, huge differences that will give Detroit Diesel a significant advantage. You know, I mean, it, it makes it hard to look at any other option if, if, if we're fixing trucks before they break. Yeah, Detroit Connect, it, it's really come around because when we first started using it, you know, it would send us a code, and in certain codes it would actually send a follow-up email, and it would tell us, you know, okay, these are the possible problems. These are the possible parts that you need. And we could actually email that to a dealer where we knew where the truck was going to head to. And we could email them, and that would save a lot of the triage diagnostic mm-hmm. time. So uptime for the drivers was much better. And it's gotten a lot better over the all the dealerships across the country now. That's really cool. I mean, the whole process actually kind of sounds a little bit like magic to me. But, uh, but that's really cool that the technology has even come that far to predict where failure is going to happen. It is magic. It's okay. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just say what it is. <laughs> but, uh, Justin, what is one of your the favorite parts of your, your job? Um, you know, the favorite part of my job is being able to actually offer a solution when there's a problem. Uh, truthfully, that's, that's the best. Um, Tony calls and says, hey, I got this issue how do we resolve this issue? You know, issue X. There's been countless issues over the years. So how often does that happen, Tony? Not as much as he you, thinks that I should. He's still be number calling. one on your speed dial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I might be a bit of a worry word, I guess, too. But uh, that is by far the most uh, rewarding. Um, being able to solve problems as they come. Right. The quest for an eight mile to the gallon truck at the beginning. Yeah. You know, that was a great problem to try and solve right and and it took us a couple of years and then we did it and you know and i think today an eight mile a gallon truck may be run of the mill right and it may even be a problem truck in some that, applications that might, that'd be on the low end right? points around here yeah around here you know and then the very first trucks we had you know 7.4 was stellar right. so that to me is is you know moving forward in that arena, you know, is probably the most rewarding part and just being able to be a part of it and, and seeing the technology advance. And, you know, and I know a lot of people don't ever talk about it, but I don't want my son to grow up in a, in a dirty environment. I don't think any more than any of the rest of us. So, you know, being a part of the solution and having an economic payback is, um, is, is really rewarding. Yeah. And our partnership goes as deep as, um, it's not just an eight to five Monday through Friday. 
I mean, we've been known to text each other, call each other 10, 11 o'clock at night, and if we have some little brain idea that we got, and um, even on a Saturday afternoon, I'll text him or call him, hey, I'm at my kid's soccer game, I'll call you back. <laughs> so so we're, we're, if we think of something or we go back and forth and you know, we're, we're always challenging each other what we can do better for the whole system. Yeah, that's really cool. I really appreciate that relationship. That's, I think that should be reassuring to especially our drivers to know that we've got that kind of connection. That's The whole purpose of it is to give them the best experience possible, to experience the least downtime, have a reliable vehicle that's comfortable and safe. And I think that's really great to, to have a tight relationship like that. So, Justin, you were telling me you guys are expanding. You're continuing to open more facilities, and I think you've got a new location coming in Indiana? Yes. So, uh, Freightliner has uh, asked the dealer network to, uh, in some senses, self-consolidate. And and we've done that uh, in acquiring a, a Freightliner dealer in Evansville, in southern Indiana, and then the Freightliner dealer uh, in northern Indiana, in South Bend and Elkhart. And then over the last few years, uh, we opened a new facility in Effingham, Illinois, built that from the ground up. We own land there from the uh, mid-90s, but we never actually were able to develop that property. Uh, and that was, and that goes to, uh, uh, that's a testament to the dealer that was there. Um, it was a single proprietor and okay. they sold out, um, but he had done such a great job that there was, you know, yeah. no room, right? So we developed that property there. Then we built in Forestell uh, last year, uh, which is again West St. Louis by Wentzville. And now next year, this year, sorry, as long as everything continues according to plan uh, and everything is approved, uh, we're going to build a 92,000 square foot facility in South Bend, Indiana, uh, right off of Highway 8, Interstate 80 and 31, uh, right there at the That's junction. A big spot to be in. Right on the interstate, we'll have a 24-bay uh, body shop, a uh, 24-bay service department, and about 20,000 square foot of parts storage. So dramatically uh, improving the um, service level for all, all customers on that Interstate 80 uh, thoroughfare. And I yeah. think that's always been sort of a bottleneck in years past. So it's a, it's a really exciting time. The facility is uh, going to be very large. That is a bit scary on our standpoint. Yeah, uh, the investment is substantial. Sure, um, but you know, I think you either have to decide, you know, as a dealer, right? Are we going to be uh, a part of the solution, or are we just going to sit back and, and treat this like an annuity and sell trucks and you know and hope everybody else takes care of them? We want to, we want to be the guys that sell the trucks and take care of the trucks at the same time. So, yeah. I'm very excited about South Bend. I th- I'll have a lot of six-hour car rides, but. Um, <laughs> You know, that's to be okay, too. Well, I'll put a plug in for you because you haven't said anything yet, but most of your locations have mobile service techs as well. Correct. So we utilize those uh, quite a bit in a lot of areas just because, uh, especially the Morton location, because now we can send them out to Caterpillar, Bartonville, Chillicothe, you know, even clear down to Delavan. Um, They work on trucks. They work on trailers. Uh, Springfield, we've had a lot of issues where we've had to pull out a mobile service tech on the weekends or night if they're closed. So that that is a very valuable resource for us to have that available as well. Yeah. We actually have 15 mobile service techs today. Uh, we just added uh, tech in uh, South Bend, 
as well as in Evansville, Indiana. So it's uh, that is an exciting uh, kind of uh, niche market, so to speak. It was it was, that was a scary thing also because you know everybody said, well, how's this going to work? How's this guy going to go out and make a living? And we found pretty quick that the demand was there. You know, and bricks and mortar isn't always the answer. Uh, it's a part mm-hmm. of the solution, right? So it's just about yep. being able to take care of groups of trucks or a truck in after hour situations, or maybe a guy parks 60 miles away and, you know, he really doesn't want to drive 60 miles each way to get his oil changed or to get a sensor fixed, right? Yeah. You know, well, we can come to you and, and solve that problem today. I think it's neat that we also share in this growth you know, you're expanding, you're continuing to see growth in your company. Newsbomb is continuing to grow and we're expanding. As we were talking earlier uh, before we hit record that just kind of dealing with some of this behind the scenes stuff of, of building projects and the headaches and different red tape that you got to go through for all of that. The two of you specifically even have that behind the scenes look and, and hands on with everything going on. But what's one of the biggest surprises that you've come across in just even dealing with some of that, either of you, like you never thought I had to plant that many trees. What, I mean, what (laughs) (laughs) I I can tell you, there's two that come to my mind and they're both partially ridiculous, I think, but that's okay. Um, It's kind of the fun of doing it Uh, in Forestell. uh, When we went to build that parts department, it's a 15,000 square foot parts department. uh, And we we have what's called high pile storage. Um, So anything over, I think it's, 16 feet or 15 feet is considered high pile storage. The area there, uh, unfortunately, doesn't have enough water pressure to generate the sprinkler head force needed to, you know, to contain a fire. So um, the construction company wanted us to put in a 75,000 gallon tank to deal with the sprinkler pressure. So, of course, my question was, is can we make that into a swimming pool? Because that (laughs) seems like, you know, the thing to do. And unfortunately, they said that it had to be a single-use um, reservoir, so we didn't do it. And we're just waiting now for the two fire protection districts to merge to increase their water pressure. Okay. And then we'll be able to use uh, the next 10 feet of our, our storage there. So right now, you're just restricted in how high right. you can right. stack. So we just don't use the, the top racks yet. Gotcha. And then the other one I think is a good one is uh, I did not realize that building code uh, dictated what types of trees you could use. So there's two different types of trees, right? There's the leafy trees, right? The conifer- coniferous trees, I think. So you got I'm the, sorry, the, those the, are deciduous. The deciduous is yeah. the leafy ones, and the coniferous would be the the pine trees, the ones that hurt. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So we have uh, we have to put in so many oak and maple trees, uh, and we can't put in pine trees because pine trees, apparently, according to code are considered decorative. And if you're going to put in a decorative tree, you have to put in twice as many. So naturally, we're going to get to clean up leaves now instead. But I still think that's quite interesting. The (laughs) the building codes, there's some really amazing things out there that you never would have thought are required that are, you know, sure enough, (laughs) got to do this. (laughs) Well, Tony, you've dealt with that a little bit. Yeah, when we planned this shop back in 12 and 13, um, we were going to put a, a automated wash bay in this facility here so the yeah. drivers could just wash the trucks as they come through. And we tried and tried, and with the EPA laws, we tried to do a separate pond for the, the water going out there. They wouldn't let us do that. The only way that they would allow us to do it is if we bottled up or tanked everything. And 
So we started checking, and we decided not to do that because we actually visited the city bus garage, which they were doing the exact same thing. Okay. Well, they, they over like a three-year period, their buses started rusting like tremendously. Really? And they couldn't figure out why. Well, finally, they figured out that even though the water reclamation system was supposed to take care of the salts, road salts off the road, it wasn't. Oh. So the the water that they were reusing to wash the equipment was actually rusting their buses away. <laughs> so so we decided to not not do that at all. Yeah. So so basically the, the moral of the story here for as far as I'm taking it right now and I'm going to convey it for those that are wondering why don't you have this x thing in place? Why why don't you have that? It seems like it, it's a no-brainer. Well, it's because of all this other stuff on the back end, you know, red tape. You know, yeah, it'd be great to have a wash bay out here that we could just go pull in through and yeah, that's and what, make that happen. What we but wanted. but uh, the things that it takes to make that even happen that you would never think of. But. Yeah, you made me. You made just made me think of a, a question that I, uh, you know, would be kind of neat to have answered. Um, you know, obviously with us building a new facility uh, in South Bend, what would drivers? like to see over and above in our, our, you know, in the unfortunate situation that they're stuck in one of our facilities. So specifically in South Bend, where we have a blank slate, obviously we're going to put in a, a 90 inch TV and have some nice lazy boys and showers and laundry facilities awesome. yeah. in a quiet room. But is there, is there something that we're missing as a, as a dealer to, you know, provide that little extra, um, you know, in, in Troy, we have, uh, um, because of the volume, we have, you know, hot dogs and that type of stuff as an amenity mm-hmm. and cookies. Uh, in Morton, we have a pool table um, that allows people just to have some right. sort of other aspect. So that would be an interesting question. So what would make that enjoyable? So I'll go ahead and just, you know, throw it out here. So for anybody listening, you can email us at um, terminalexchange at newspound.com. And if you've got thoughts on how Justin and Truck Centers can set up their South Bend location, uh, what would make the experience more enjoyable and effective for you? I mean, what what would make that experience good? Give us your feedback, and we'll, we'll forward it on to Justin, and I think he'd he'd appreciate that. Yeah, I'd welcome the, the information for so, sure. Yeah. Uh, email us, terminalexchange at newsbomb.com, and uh, we'll forward that along. So uh, anything else you guys want to share before we wrap up here? Anything new that we haven't uncovered? Any uh, jet-powered alternative fuels or anything like that going on? You know, I'm I'm still waiting for plasma actuators to actually come out on trucks. I'm <laughs> yeah. quite excited about the the force field that they yeah. create. Well, you know, as long as you're not having to deal with flex capacitors, I think you'll probably be in good shape. So. Yet, yet, yeah, no no time traveling yet. So yeah, <laughs> Justin, Tony, thanks so much for uh, taking time here and. Uh, having a it's been a varied conversation we've kind of been all over the place but uh i think it's been fun to chat on on these different topics thank you very much yeah thank you thanks guys you've been listening to terminal exchange the official podcast show of nussbaum transportation nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, terminalexchange.org.